Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding, Weekly Ding, whatever you want to call it. Happy Tuesday morning or Monday afternoon or Wednesday. I don't know when you listen to this, but we have all the latest coming out of the NBA amid the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Zach Harper. I'm joined by Nitsan Blufstein. We've got Rob Lopez dying 33s into his head to commemorate the... I don't know. Scotty Pippen probably did something. Before we get into the show, just want to remind everyone you can take full advantage of our 90-day free trial at theathletic.com slash daily ding. Coming up on today's shows and all these other shows going forward, we'll come to you with at least once a week, uh, giving you all the latest from across the league as the NBA sits in limbo, as the world tries to navigate COVID-19. But first, the NBA coming back, maybe in a very minor way, but possibly nits after the Atlanta Hawks were unwilling to immediately reopen the franchise's practice facility for players to return for limited workouts. The NBA sent a memo to teams pushing back its reopening date to May 8th, and even that could be pushed back farther. Uh, this is regardless of whether the state uh, the team is in has reopened or not. May 1st was the date originally suggested by the league, but they received some pushback from other teams around the NBA. Uh, the league had been planning to reopen facilities beginning with the Hawks because of the state of Georgia had been among the first states to recklessly loosen the stay-at-home orders amid the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Hawks general manager Travis Schlink told ESPN, we are going to wait and see what happens in the state over the couple weeks. If there's a positive response, we'll slowly open up. If it's a negative response, we'll make our staff and players remain healthy. Uh, Nitz, I think a lot of people have, you know, especially from parts of the country that appear to be taking this thing more seriously have been scratching their head at states deciding to open things back up, especially the state of Georgia. Uh, You can go back to restaurants, I believe now, but no bars um, to eat there. Like I, look, I mean, we can get it. We could go deep into that whole thing, but in terms of the NBA, you know, deciding to push back and, and maybe not join the reopening just blindly, that's at least a good decision after maybe a, a poor decision or a poor assessment of the situation initially. Yeah, I think it was definitely a poor assessment. It's promising that they're willing to push it back and say, you know what, we probably made a mistake in that call because, and you know, we live in California. So I think our views are a little bit biased in terms of what your state should do, definitely. but the league shouldn't be following suit with a state that's, you know, you can, we're not going to get all political here, but you can make the case as to why they're reopening, whether or not they should. I think consensus says that they probably shouldn't. Following their call just because you're desperate to try to like reopen anything just feels right. like the biggest misstep. But like you said, they're, you know, they've been willing to push back to May 8th. And then I wouldn't doubt it if it gets, if it keeps getting pushed back, you know, accordingly with some of the other states that are a little bit stricter about uh, the safer at home rules. Yeah, I, I think you can kind of look at it as how other a lot of states are handling the stay-at-home orders, right, or safer at home, or however you want to brand it, um, of like, hey, we'll check back in on May 15th with no intention mm-hmm. to reopen on May 15th, right? Uh, it's just you, instead of saying, hey, don't plan on going anywhere for the rest of 2020, you just kind of kick the can down the road every couple of weeks and see what happens and see how you know the public responds. I think, um, what's a way we could uh, get a loophole into this to discuss it further? It's, oh, I got an idea. Here we go. This ought to be good. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I think there's been a push from the federal government, we'll just use that mm-hmm. as a broad generalization and not uh, call out anybody, to get the economy <laughs> moving again, right? And has and has actually asked sports leagues, hey, when can we get back to business, right? Has asked, uh, you know, 
the WWE, baseball, football, uh, college sports, the NBA. There are big conference calls and meetings and everything uh, trying to figure out when this could happen. And we got a pretty good consensus of, hey, when it's safe, we'll be back. And that's what the NBA did after these conference calls and everything. And Mm -hmm. so if states are going to open things up to – you know, at least in my opinion, and I'll just put my name on it to to recklessly try to boost the economy um, during times where it, that may lead to some pretty serious health complications. Um, the NBA should not follow suit just to get their own economy going. And even obviously, you're not selling tickets to go to you know get mm-hmm. get the Hawks back onto a practice court, right? Like that's not how it's going to happen. But you may feel like you can start moving some some momentum to in the right way, you know, in the in a positive direction towards getting the season back by doing this. But it actually may just give false hope because we've heard that it could be weeks and weeks and weeks of getting players back into shape. So that is necessary to to allow them to be able to get back into shape um, in Mm -hmm. order to get the season back. But it doesn't it still doesn't feel like that's coming for months anyway, even if we get that at all. Right. Because we don't even I mean, that's why states keep pushing it back. Like you said, we have no idea what's coming. We're trying to put dates on things but until we know the season can even come back because right now to me it seems like it probably won't and we don't even know what's happening with next season so until we know what's happening what's the point of loosening any sort of restrictions because you know they will get to it in a second but they tried to institute some guidelines around it that make it seem like oh no no no, we're going to do this safely but there is no doing it safely you're taking a risk and you know every scientist has said that at one point like even going outside like you're taking a risk in one way or another so Unless there's like legitimate reason to, and there isn't in this situation because season isn't coming back for a while. These guys do not need to get into these, into the facilities right away, beginning of May. What's the point? It's being reckless. But what I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned, you know, the federal government, you, we are assuming that there's a little bit of pressure coming from them right. to the sports leagues. And what's interesting here is the NBA especially was, you know, the leader in closing down, like people kind of look back at March 11th, the day that, um, Rudy Gobert tested positive and everything shut down immediately with the NBA as sort of like leading the charge in the nation shutting down. Right. Especially for a lot of other States, unlike California. So I see why the NBA especially would be feeling that sort of pressure. I would hope that it's a progressive enough league to understand that it needs to, base its decisions and how it moves forward and how quickly on the science of it all and not necessarily on the pressure it's getting from the government or even from teams and players like you guys have to you guys have to take this slowly because what happens if you come back and one guy tests positive coming out of that practice facility then what Right, exactly. That's a great point. And I do think, look, I think there was some valid criticism of maybe the league actually didn't wasn't proactive enough, right? And when we started talking mm-hmm. about, oh, games without fans, maybe that'll be things that, you know, before any player tested positive for, for COVID-19, there was criticism that the NBA wasn't taking it seriously enough until someone tested positive. And then they reacted mm-hmm. very quickly and very swiftly, but maybe they should have been more proactive in canceling things and shutting things down before, uh, which I think is a valid, a valid conversation, a valid criticism. I think since then... They have made sure we're not going to risk anything, right? Like to, right. to your point, like I think they've decided, like no, we're going to be as responsible as as necessary and as responsible um, to our our players, our workers, everything, right? Um, to make sure mm-hmm. that everything is good. And so I do think like installing guidelines for even when these practice facilities can open back up is is good. These these are the things that um, these are the restrictions. No more than four players at a facility at a time. No head or assistant coaches can participate. No team practices or scrimmages. 
Players can't use non-team facilities such as public health clubs or gyms. And the NBA has also requested each team assign one senior executive to the position of facility hygiene officer. Uh, no word yet on if there will be Gatorade bottles full of bleach. But Nitz, uh, <laughs> I, like, I, it does feel like, all right, if they do eventually open these things back up on May 8th or, or further into the future, um, you know, we, we at least have some some good guidelines in, in place. And, and it may not even come to that, right? I don't know that they do mm-hmm. a maximum of like, all right, four guys, get in here. You can now work out and you can do this stuff because I think it would just more be on uh, what, you know, what works for players and what's still even safe in those circumstances. Right. So then good point, because let's say a player isn't comfortable with four players being around him, but the guidelines say it is, can the player feel comfortable telling the team, hey, I don't feel safe. Like there were a lot of, you know, let's take it away from the NBA for a second. There were a lot of companies that unless the state said like, hey, we're closing completely, they were still expecting some employees to come in and employees didn't feel comfortable saying like, I don't want to. Then their their work ethic gets questioned, whether or not they really want to gets questioned. So can the players still feel comfortable saying, let's say this opens up, these guidelines are in place and they say, no, I don't really want to because the no head or assistant coaches can participate. Why are they, why are they exempt? Right. from this when the players now are being asked to put themselves at risk so that it can stay in shape for just in case the season comes back. Yeah, I mean I think I think you'll see players being very responsible. I think a lot of players have come out and, you know, educated themselves on this and made sure to to be a, a leading voice in a lot of these conversations whenever they get on social mm-hmm. media. And so I I don't think you'd have to worry about that with players, but I do think that's a good a good question of like you know, will will any players feel pressure to show that they're back in the gym or work working out or anything? Like, I I think that um I think they would all be pretty responsible. I do, I do think the league now has a great handle on it and and will do mm-hmm. the right things um and not just blindly follow. Hey, that state says it's okay. All right, I guess we're coming back to to practice facilities. Right. Um, I think that'll be all right. Uh. In other news, the Bulls hire Mark Eversley away from the 76ers to become the new general manager under new vice president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnasovas. Uh, Eversley is a former senior vice president of player personnel in Philadelphia. ESPN reported that he agreed to become the GM of the Bulls. Uh, He's a Canadian native from Ontario, previously worked for the Wizards and the Raptors. Uh, after starting his career as a Nike executive, uh, and he will be the first black general manager in Bulls franchise history. B.J. Armstrong and Randy Brown were also or were held as uh, assistant general manager roles. Uh, but this is something that the the Bulls were criticized for in at least their search for a new uh, a new head guy in the front office of not uh, not having a diverse enough um, you know pool to to choose from and to hire from. And uh, and I feels like a little bit of that backlash maybe goes away, but also you could see uh, some of this not and this is not to discount Eversley at all. He's a very good executive and and well respected, but some could look at this as a potential token hire. um, And that was some concern that I believe Mark Spears of ESPN and undefeated, uh, you know, kind of voiced those concerns from around the league when it was first reported that this hadn't really been taken all that seriously or as seriously as it needed to be in terms of a diverse uh, searching pool. Uh, Kawhi Leonard loses the claw lawsuit against Nike. Oh, Nitz, this is devastating. According to Maxine Bernstein of the Oregonian, uh, the federal judge last Wednesday rejected Kawhi Leonard's claims that Nike unlawfully copyrighted his claw logo. U.S. District Judge Michael W. Mosman ruled that the lead, or the logo Nike designers helped create with Leonard marked an independent piece of intellectual property that was distinct from the original sketch Leonard initially conceived and shared with Nike. Nitz, I have almost no opinion on this, so I'll just throw an unfair question to you. Did the courts get this one right? 
No, I think you, here's the thing. I obviously don't know. I wasn't like in the courtroom with them, but I saw the sketch that Kawhi Leonard sent to Nike. And it was basically exactly what, you know, it's like if I draw a sketch, but then a graphic designer takes it and then turns it into like a vector piece that could be put on merch. Is it mine or is it theirs? Um, I, you know, as a blanket statement, hate that companies get to make money off your liking. And then let's say you're not with that company anymore or off your likeness. And then uh, you're not with the company anymore, and all of a sudden you don't own that. I hate that, so I'm going to say they got it wrong. All right, you heard him, U.S. District Judge Michael W. Mossman. <laughs> Nitz says you got it wrong. Also, Rock Nation is signing the Ball Brothers Lonzo, LaMelo, and LiAngelo for some reason. Uh, according to Jonathan Caboni of ESPN, LaMelo's manager Jermaine Jackson said this was a family decision. This is now an extended family. They put together a beautiful game plan with Jay-Z. Basketball game is about to change. They are going to create something totally new. Uh, LaMelo is projected to be a top pick, if not the top pick in the 2020 NBA draft whenever that has that happens if it happens and he's still a sneaker free agent uh but this is uh this is good because Rock Nation has done some pretty good work for a lot of players and while Lonzo and LaMelo uh you know are definitely going to be further along in their careers than Leangelo ever gets uh at least you have them all together and that's something that's been important ever since the big baller brand and you know them coming out of you know out of Chino Hills and everything like they always wanted to be together and at least they're together and represented by one agency also Nick's owner James Dolan recovered from the coronavirus and donated his blood plasma to research for potential treatments a Nick spokesperson told to our own Shams Charania and uh this is some curious news Nitz According to ESPN's Kevin Arnovitz, the Lakers have re- returned approximately $4.6 million that they received from a federal government program intended to help small business small businesses weather the economic <laughs> burden caused by the coronavirus pandemic. This is from ESPN. Uh, the Lakers uh, said in a statement to ESPN, the Lakers qualified for and received a loan under the payroll protection program. Once we found out the funds from the program had been depleted, we repaid the loan so that financial support would be directed to those most in need. The Lakers remain completely committed to supporting both our employees and our community. Uh, this sounds a lot like Shake Shack getting some money and everyone going, what? Why is that a small business? <laughs> Ruth's Chris got a lot of money. Yeah. You know, all these mom and pop shops like Ruth's Chris and the Los Angeles Lakers, right. really <laughs> startups, you know, just trying to stay alive during all of this. I mean, come on. I, I'm glad that they gave it back, though. Yeah. You know, they I don't everyone's giving them a lot of uh, a lot of heat for even applying in the first place. But they wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they didn't apply for a new right. government thing that they could get. It's me. It's business. I get it. Um, and as soon as they heard that, you know, the government is clearly giving these unfairly they gave the money back. That's awesome. Hopefully it goes to somebody that actually needs it and not not the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I would put this more on the system, having them qualify for a small business yeah. than the Lakers getting the funds and, and rightfully returning them. So I don't think the Lakers should take any heat. But it is funny to say, hey, small business Los Angeles Lakers received some, <laughs> some money from the government. Uh, some more serious news. We wanted to take time, send our best to uh, Malik Beasley and his family. Uh, Malik Beasley of the Minnesota Timberwolves recently revealed in an interview with John Krasinski of The Athletic that a member of his family passed away from COVID-19. Uh, obviously, we had the news uh, not too long ago that Carl Anthony Towns' mother passed away. Um, a lot of people have passed away from this. This isn't just an NBA thing but we are a basketball podcast so it's our job to frame this in the world of basketball um everyone who suffered from this passed away lost loved ones lost jobs everything uh obviously we are we're with you and we we hope everything gets better um and then on a much lighter note to end this we will be getting into all things chicago bulls and michael jordan and dennis rodman and vegas vacations and you know dyed hair and everything tomorrow on the basketball buds edition of the back-to-back podcast as we recap the last dance episodes from this week hours three and four nits how did you feel about them did you like them 
Oh my God. I love them. I also, did you know that they were a bunch of 33s and not cheetah prints? I never knew that. I always thought it was just terrible That's cheetah crazy. print. Yeah. Uh, what, wow. Right. Great, great information from the documentary. <laughs> I know really solid information that I actually absolutely needed, but you know, what a funny episode. Michael's coming off, uh, so hilarious. And just the shit talking between, between him and Isaiah oh. was just, that, everything you could ask for man yeah check out basket buds on the back-to-back podcast tomorrow because we are going to go all over this isaiah thomas michael jordan <laughs> stuff uh right here on the athletic podcast network that does it for today's show and this week's daily ding unless we get some some pressing news later in the week then we'll come back to you don't forget about the other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network of course no dunks did a phenomenal last dance uh recap today we have tampering we have house of strauss hoops adjacent back-to-back nerder she wrote all those Good podcast, plus the team-specific shows, over a dozen of them from your favorite beat writers of The Athletic. Also, click follow on the app. You get notifications for the new episodes. And again, that 90-day free trial uh, to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash daily ding. Thanks for waking up with us or going to bed listening to us, which is kind of weird, but you're welcome, I guess, if we're soothing you or if we're not soothing you. Stay up and, you know, live tweet some movies or something. We we got nothing to do at this point. Uh, That's going to do it for the Daily Ding. Nitz, hit me with the sign-off. Ding, ding.